Welcome to the Dharma Spring. From Hangzhou, it's, you know, we've been, as you know, hanging out with Hangzhou for a while now with the Cultivating the Empty Field writings. And when it came time to think about this retreat, what we might be taking up, I looked at where we would be around this time with those writings and what where we were didn't speak to retreat for me. But then I had in mind that, oh yeah, Hangzhou compiled and wrote verses for um, all the koans in the Book of Serenity. So I began wandering through those verses. I figured, okay, we'll, we'll hang out with Hangzhou more, but uh, maybe in a different way. And when I came across this particular verse, something stopped me or grabbed me or however you want to put it and say, oh, this seems to be the one. Um, and it's from a koan that appears both in the Book of Serenity and the Blue Cliff Record. Uh, Blue Cliff Record, record being uh, Juedo's project and his verses. So here we are hanging out with Hunger and his verse. Just so you know, if, if you're interested in getting another flavor of it, <clears throat> you can go visit the Blue Cliff Record in Juedo and see what he brought forth. Um, and there's other people who commented on it. So you can read their comments if you want, their commentaries. But here we are with Hangzhou. And the koan is um, great ancestor Ma was unwell, ill, on his deathbed, even. Yeah. And someone came to him and said, How are you feeling these days? And his reply was, sun face Buddha, moon face Buddha. And now we have Hangzhou commenting via verse on this koan, saying, sun face Buddha, moon face Buddha, stars fall, thunder rolls, the mirror faces forms without subjectivity. A pearl in a bowl rolls of itself. Don't you see, before the hammer, gold refined a hundred times? Under the scissors, silk from one loom. Hmm. Before I go deeper into that, or let you know how it's gone deeper into me, <laughs> The um, this sun face Buddha, moon face Buddha, those are Buddhas. The sun face Buddha lives for a thousand years, moon face Buddha only lives a day and a night. Yeah, so with Ma replying to the question, How are you doing these days? you're saying, Well, sometimes it feels like a thousand, I'm living you know, forever, this long stretch of time. And sometimes it feels like I'm just here for this moment, this day and night. Yeah, in and out of those. And so having that in mind, perhaps is what uh, helped Hunger's or verse roll out the way it did. When I first read it, like, like I said, something grabbed me, pulled me in did whatever it did but it wasn't because i understood it <laughs> it wasn't because oh 
this is something and it has this point and this is be a good point to bring up in retreat it was just saying hey i want to be at the retreat and i want you to hang out with me and everybody to hang out with me this is the verse speaking hang out with me and then see what you discover um so i did i was by the nature of things having plucked it out a little while ago and meeting it then been hanging out with it somewhat but not really that directly um prior to today and actually some things started to go ooh ah and i kind of said let's wait to the retreat i don't want to look at that yet <laughs> i want to see what happens today um but just to say you know the retreat that we're doing today kind of starts at various different places in time and so the retreat's actually been going on for several weeks now for me and others and this is just the manifestation of what it looks like today um, which is kind of in that same spirit of this long stretch of retreat preparation having a verse in mind but also the particular right here today this retreat the sun face moon face yeah <laughs> something vast something particular anyway to go deeper into the verse it was really like i said when i read it it was like oh this is interesting imagery and it's intriguing i don't quite know what to make of it and so it's really been about feeling my way through it and then letting it feel its way through me and see what is coming about from that and already having in mind the ideas of the sun face and moon face Buddhas, I just was more interested in the, the words that followed. So stars fall. For me, it was the visual of like a shooting star. I think at once, first meeting it, it was like stars fall, like all of the stars falling. With that just felt like, whoa, what's that? So it just became, oh yeah, stars fall. So I pictured this you know, dark sky, <clears throat> many stars in it, but when a shooting star comes, it's brighter and catches your attention, uh, stands out from that more dark area, yeah? So, that even translates to erasing the, the, hmm, the actual way it is, and just in my mind's eye, it's just darkness. And then all of a sudden the light of that star. Yeah. So that was the experience of that. And just seeing, you know, suddenly there's something and then it's gone. Right. So that's what stars fall brought forth to me. Seemingly nothing, seemingly darkness. And then boom, suddenly something's here. Look at that. Now it's gone. So then I'm moved into its partner here the uh it's next the next thing to come thunder rolls for me it wasn't the lightning strike and then thunder that happens immediately this was the thunder the experience that i have and i'm sure you have too where it starts rolling somewhere else way far away and just i can hear it slowly building up and rumbling and going and going and it just keeps seems to keep going and when thunder rolls like that, it's like incredible how long it just keeps going. And it's like, how is it doing that? <laughs> and um, 
because of the the stars fall i guess i also had this dark sky in mind that i'm not really aware of the depth and breadth and vastness of that dark sky but when the thunder's rolling it's kind of filling out the territory and showing me just look how vast this sky is i'm rolling through it and i'm not stopping yet i'm not stopping yet and i got louder and closer to your ears but now i'm fading and still going still going so as a in contrast to that particular bright star falling here's this vast spreading out rolling thunder showing something of the sky in that way both of those are showing something of the vast sky yeah the bright particular of the star brings forth in a background way the darkness behind it yeah that's why the star can shine out like that and then again that rolling thunder just kind of shows you here is the sky but look how edgeless it is how boundless it is as i keep rolling through it so holding the vastness in the particular holding a, a sun-faced buddha long stretch of a thing that's the thunder roll and the particular moon-faced buddha just here just now briefly yeah so then it kept you know going from there this next next phrase the mirror faces forms without subjectivity To me, the mirror is like the vast sky presence. It's just, it's not, it's not an ordinary mirror here in my house. It's like the mirror, this vast, wide, nothing but mirror sheet stretching out in many directions, right? Um, faces forms, it's, it's there, it's open, it's facing things, very passive, receptive just being present yeah and faces forms without subjectivity so it's not reaching out for things it's not trying to reflect certain things and not reflect other things it's just there to reflect whatever arises and so as i was hanging out with this mirror it occurred to me if something doesn't show up in front of the mirror the mirror doesn't know its own mirrorness, yeah? It's just nothingness. So though it doesn't have its own subjectivity per the verse, it needs the subjectivity of life, of the forms that show up for it to be what it is, yeah? It needs those particulars. So it's like that shooting star through the vast sky. In order to know that there's a vast sky, I need that particular thing to kind of contrast it, to show it up, to show up show itself so this uh connection between the vast and the particular starts to get more intimate realizing yes they there are two different ways of um experiencing things or being yet they need one another to realize what they are yeah because the forms showing up in front of the mirror then get to see themselves so they're giving the mirror its mirrorness and the mirror gives back to them a reflection, insight into what they are. Yeah. So this passive, open, vast mirror coming alive because of all the particulars, all the subjects that pop up and roll around in front of it. 
So speaking of rolling around, we go next to this a burl, a, a burl, a pearl in a bowl rolls of itself. I'm like, hmm, really? I was wondering about that. Does it really roll of itself? Uh, with that question in mind, I was like, well, if if that pearl was just sitting on the ground on a flat surface like the ground, like the floor here, it would not roll as easily. It's because it's in a bowl and a bowl has curves that it's able to roll of itself, yeah? So it actually doesn't roll of itself. <laughs> the experience may be it's rolling of itself, but it's because of its connection to the bowl that it's in that has the curves and um, you know it can roll this way and then it goes up and that gives it momentum to roll this way and go up. So the bowl actually informs the, the self-rolling of the pearl, yeah? So again, the particular, the pearl and the more vast, the container, the bowl, but even more intimately connected now than mirrors and reflections. You can see they're, they're woven together so tightly, dependent upon each other, you know, this container holding the space for the pearl to roll of its own. And yet that container, that bowl keeps it from dropping off the edge and disappearing, yeah. Keeps it rolling, keeps it alive, keeps it going and going. So this movement of this koan for me is, it's like, there's this and that, then there's this and that, then there's this and that, this and that, getting closer and closer and closer so that though there are different ways of experiencing things, they're the not two of experience, the not two ways, yeah. So at the end where he says, don't you see before the hammer, gold refined a hundred times? So there I am with this hammer going to, you know, working on this project, hammering the gold, building it, shaping it, refining it. At the same time, in the midst of that particular activity to have a connection to, or to be able to see, to know the wholeness and the completeness that is already there, that's already been there from the beginning. And so this before the hammer, has the sense of like before in front of, and also before I picked up the hammer. Didn't I already see the completeness? Don't I already know that? Yeah. And the same with um, under the scissors, as I'm cutting and making this particular cut into this particular section of the silk for this particular thing I'm creating, don't I know that that silk is all from one loom? that container, that vast stretch of things, yeah? That these two are not two, <laughs> they're not opposed to one another. That even as I cut it, it is still of one loom, yeah? That is never disconnected, no matter what I shape and fashion out of that silk, yeah? So yeah, so this movement between vast and particular, vast and particular, um, not being moving from one thing to another, but again, experiencing the one thing like this, and then like this, and then like this. It's really the movement of retreat like we're doing today. Yeah, <laughs> if you think about it.
we sit together in stillness, kind of drop into the wider container, the vast sky, whatever it is for you, you know, stretching out. And then you have this particular thing of get up and walk. <laughs> and as you do that, you're still in that vast container. It just feel you're moving differently, yeah. Then there's a breakfast break and an extended walk. And then you move back into the sitting and dropping into the wider container. So moving from vast into particular and particular into vast again and again, yeah. And even within your own meditation, sometimes it's quiet and you are that vast open sky or that bowl that's just holding whatever's there. And maybe there's not much there. Maybe it's like the mirror with nothing showing up in front of it, vast and open. Other times there's things happening. <laughs> there are things happening. Um, a little more activity, thoughts, feelings, annoyance, you know, whatever it's there inside of the container. So a particular arises within that vastness of your sitting meditation and they are not two either, yeah. So that movement is always here, always happening. And retreat is a good way of being in touch with it, to notice it. An invitation to, to experience how when you are in the particular with the hammer or the scissors or the needle and thread or whatever it is for you, yeah, you're not disconnected from the vast and vice versa. If you're, if you're in the vast, the particular helps inform what that is and helps call you forth to know the vast kind of that knowing of it when you step out of it, step into the particular. But again, this movement of showing not to, not to, just this is how it is now and how it is now, how it is now. And for me, it was, um, one way it was for me today was after the breakfast break, heading across town to go do my daily uh, caring for my dad. And as I was doing so, I, was, I did not leave the retreat. I was still pondering this verse and um, it occurred to me, it's like, oh, I'm the pearl right now. <laughs> I'm rolling, I was literally rolling down the road, but I feel like I'm the pearl rolling in the container of retreat still. What we are built, built here, I didn't leave behind. There it was holding me up I-25 and across the woodman, all that stuff. <laughs> And as I did those particulars, I was still thinking of retreat and in retreat with you all, though I wasn't present here on the, on the screen, yeah. And then as I headed back homeward to come rejoin the screen, <laughs> click back into the Zoom, now looking at the stretch of, well, Pikes Peak and the stretch of the mountains there, the, the front range. And um, it's like, well, there's another container that's even holding the container of the retreat that's holding me as the pearl. And so these layers and levels of vast in particular, there weren't just one vast, one particular. There's like, well, I guess it, you know, the pearl's vastness, the bowl um, of the retreat for me as the pearl that vastness, that bowl is also the vastness of existences or the mountains particular. 
I don't know if that's making sense, but it's just, um, it's like one person's trash is another person's treasure. Like one experience's vastness is another experience is particular. Just to say there's layers and layers and it just can kind of keep going in both directions, both ways. Hmm. Something that came to mind that's been coming up a bit here and there for the last, over the last couple of months, and it happens to come from Master Ma, so appropriate that he's woven into this koan or directly in this koan, but um, his saying about throughout all the eons of time, no being has ever fallen out of the deep meditation of the universe. And that's what this movement kind of the activity and stuff that I'm seeing is showing to me. So even when I'm leaving retreat, going and doing the things I need to do, not sitting with you all, I haven't fallen out of retreat. Yeah. So when I'm caught up in those particulars of my life and things seem difficult or easy or more enjoyable <laughs> than, than, you know, sitting and paying attention to what I'm doing, what my mind's doing, you know. I haven't fallen out of it either, yeah. And even when I'm in that more vast open space, I haven't fallen out of anything because that is still, you know, a particular to something else vast, right? And so it becomes less about trying to cultivate any particular side of that and realizing it's taking care of itself, that movement between the two that are not two. And I get to be there for it and flow along with it and, and discover what it is for me. I don't have to choose. I don't have to cultivate it because it's already fully cultivated. It's already, it's that one loom or the refined gold already complete. I just get to experience it and be in it and have my particular flavor and taste and spin of the completeness the wholeness, yeah. Another phrase came to mind so that we use at the end of our formal meal service. That seemed like a kind of a capping phrase for this verse and koan of sorts. Um, Out of the mysterious source, we and the things that sustain us come waking and eating, embracing and sleeping. We walk on the empty sky. Yeah. <laughs> the mysterious source, vast, into the particulars. We and the things that sustain us and our waking and our eating, our going on walks, <laughs> our meditation, all that stuff. We're walking on the empty sky. Yeah, this empty sky here. The one that's made up of interstates and people <laughs> and all that happens among it, yeah, within it, as it. And then I notice in my meditation after returning, you know, the, the second part for me, returning, reconnecting, as I was sitting and holding these things and being held by these things, these ideas, the thought came to mind or a realization that brought a thought forth was 
people are dying in the streets of Kiev as we are sitting here. And people are protesting in the streets of Russia as we're sitting here. And though I have my particular here, there's that, that's part of the vastness, part of the container, which what I appreciated about this was it moved the vastness from being some empty sky, you know, the emptiness of Buddhism and Zen that's spoken of kind of that vast emptiness. It was more of the vastness of the particular. <laughs> Because for those people in Ukraine and Russia, that's their particular. And they're held against a vast backdrop of the rest of the world and all of existence, but they're experiencing things quite differently. But I also noticed when those thoughts arose, they didn't, it didn't feel distant. It didn't feel like, oh, that was happening over there, some vast container in which I am. I felt it in a particular way. And then I noticed I couldn't sort out, was that my particular or their particular or whose, was that, that you know, I couldn't figure out which was which. <laughs> and that was a relief. I don't have to choose which one to cultivate, nor do I have to decide which is mine and um, be limited by the experience I'm having right here, right? And that's when, you know, that connection between the vast and the particular became quite thick and rich, so many layers. And anywhere I'm at within those layers, I am at my particular point, but I'm never disconnected from the whole, right? So there's just gratitude that those thoughts arose that let me know, you know, it's more than just a philosophical and a spiritual, religious um, idea and something to only experience in calmness and maybe with a kind of gentle way. It can be in the midst of fire too, in the midst of pain and sorrow that the two roll along together, connected, not two, yeah. And again, I come away with that feeling of, well, it's taking care of itself, the movement between the two, and I get to be here for that. I don't try to situate myself in a particular place, choose a particular side, reach for a particular destination. It's just more, how can I be more fully here in the here that I'm in, which is much more than just here, you know? Give myself as fully to it as I can and in return receive it as fully as I can when it gives itself to me, this world, this life, this existence, yeah. It's like simultaneously being a shooting star and the rolling thunder, yeah. All at once. Hmm. Thank you for listening. For more about Andrew Palmer and his teachings, please visit bowandroar.com 
and look for him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.